Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where there is no off-season, and we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this podcast on the 16th day of September 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. And uh, where the hell am I recording this? My rhythm is all off since it's no longer the daily podcast. I'm I'm in Pasadena, all right? If you got a big old map... And you're trying to figure out where the hell your pal Sully is. Uh, put a pin in Pasadena. Okay, there you go. All right, you you you're fine. Are you fine with that? Okay. Um, th- let me just. I'm going to talk about a couple quick things here. Um, there's going to be some managerial openings this year. Uh, yeah, I think there should be some managerial openings now. I think when you have sometimes. When you know you're going to fire your manager, I don't understand why you have the, the manager sort of swirling around like a spider in the toilet. You know, if you know you're going to make a change, even if it's here in mid-September, make, make the damn change. And, and, you know, and bring in a, you know, remember your coaching staff to finish out the season. Because if you don't want that manager there, then why have them show up? You know, why not anoint someone on your coaching staff? Say, hey, you're going you're to get your managerial spikes in. I talked about this yesterday regarding Terry Collins. But there's, there's going to be some changes, managerial changes. Now, you could make the argument that maybe it's time to figure out what to do with John Farrell with the Red Sox. It looks like the Red Sox are going to win their third division title under John Farrell since... 2013. He's been the manager 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. Five years. In three of those years, it looks like they're going to win the division. They won the World Series in 2013. So it's tough to say we're going to fire you. But he's also, there's sometimes it feels like he doesn't have control of the team. Sometimes he makes, uh, let's just be kind and say, uh, strange decisions. So, you know, I got to say, I could understand if the Red Sox could say, hey, John, you know, we should have put Tori Lavolo in there full time. This should be his job. But what if we work something out? What if we have you be promoted to the vice president of Beans and Franks and Franks and Beans? And, you know, we're promoting you. He went through his cancer treatment and everything like that. You know, if the Red Sox go on and win the World Series this year, yeah, it'd be tough to argue. And yeah, now you're gone. But you'll promote him. He's not the long-term solution. He never was supposed to be the long-term solution, that manager. Dave Dabrowski's in there. I've got nothing against John Farrell as a human being. I don't think he's the best manager in the world. He drives me bananas sometimes, even though we're about to have three, you know, three division titles in five years. And I think the Red Sox, if they, pull, if they draw the Houston Astros in the first round, I think that's an evenly matched series. I think the Red Sox would have a very good chance of advancing, and they could very well go to the American League Championship Series this year. I don't think there's a chance in hell they're going to beat Cleveland in the ALCS, but you never know. Every once in a while, there's an upset. Every, you know, they could catch someone on the wrong day. Who knows? Maybe in a best-of-five series, the Twins or the Yankees, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, could catch the Indians off guard. Who knows? But what I'm saying is Farrell will have had a successful five-year run as the manager of the Red Sox, but I just, there's, show me a Red Sox fan who looks at him with intense confidence. I never wanted Tito Francona to go. I didn't, but he felt like he lost the team after the, you know, chicken wings and beer situation. And 
He felt it was time to move on. He clashed with management. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. Francona seems happier than a pig in shit. Sorry, Ray. About living in Cleveland, managing the Indians. And he's probably going to win back-to-back pennants. And who knows, maybe even win a championship there. I mean, Francona's already in the Hall of Fame. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. As a Red Sox fan, despite the success of John Farrell, it wouldn't necessarily break my heart to see him not fired promoted. The Yankees used to do that all the time. It's like, oh, now you're a, the vice president of this. We'll push you up here. We'll push you up there. That way you get to do some dignity, be on the payroll, and we don't have to see him manage the way he does. Okay, now what other teams do I need a manager? Um, I, I, I don't think the White Sox do. I like Rick Renteria. I think the White Sox are a rebuilding team. He seems like a good manager for the rebuilding. Um, no, I think Brad Osmus... Brad Ausmus is one of those managers who I think should be fired now. His team stinks. They've been getting their butts whipped. And he was never that interesting a manager to begin with. There's a tendency of the last bunch of years to so like, oh, we're going to hire managers without managerial experience and just throw them into the role. And we're starting to learn because some of these managers are not exactly the reincarnation of John McGraw. We're seeing none of these managers are really living up to the hype. And as I stated before, you're on, a, you're on a Tigers team that had some recognizable names on it. We're in a year where hovering a few games under 500 in mid-September and you're still in the race and the Tigers couldn't even do that. He's fired. He's a 2014, 15, 16, this is his fourth year as the Tigers manager. Fire him now. He was the wrong choice then. He got one division title where he inherited Leland's team, and since then he's got piddly-poo. And the team looked like crap in the one playoff series he managed to manage them in. And so, I mean, it's not entirely his fault, but if you're going to rebuild the Tigers, rebuild it. Now, you know, I, a few... Like, maybe a month and a half ago, I was calling for Mike Sosha's head. I think the fact that he brought them back into contention earned him maybe another year. I'm a little tired of Sosha, and I think it's bad for baseball. It looks like the Angels aren't going to make the playoffs again. And yes, we salute Mike Sosha for bringing them above 500 despite having no pitching. And that's really on management there. I mean, I don't understand how an Angel fan could watch this team and not say, hey, you know, I'm happy with this pitching staff. It was the Angels should have been going after Verlander. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It's bad for baseball that Mike Trout is not in the postseason. And he's not going to be. I mean, yes, the Angels are still within striking distance. But what about this Angels team have you seen this year that says, oh, they're going to go on a five or six game winning streak? You know... Minnesota is not exactly uh, the, the 1927 Yankees, and the Angels can't pass them, and they have the best player on the planet. Baseball's trying to market itself with young stars. Its best star spends his postseason, say, for one year eating Subway sandwiches and being boring. By the way, Mike Trout is, is making millions of dollars. The Angels are making hundreds of millions of dollars. Baseball is a billion-dollar industry. This is what they have to do with Mike Trout. Because he's, he's your guy. 
Harper is a great guy, and you know what? In terms of his talent, and I don't give Mike Harper this. I've seen him in a few commercials. The commercials are okay. He's not bad in them. He's not bad in them. So they can market around him. But Trout's your 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 marquee player, and he, you know he's this boring dude. They have to find ways to make him interesting, and if it means hiring comedy writers. Trust me, if you get three or four really good comedy writers to write stuff for Mike Trout and make him funny, make him viral, make him all this, and you pay those comedy writers, I'm going to say 300000 each. You spend $1.2 million on comedy writers to, to juice up Mike Trout's funniness and likability and all that stuff. Trust me, you can get four outstanding comedy writers for that price. And the amount of attention you'll get on the game and building up your biggest star, it would be worth it. $1.2 million doesn't buy you a left-handed one-out-per-game middle reliever. You can afford that. Trust me. They need to market their biggest star. I'm on a tangent here. Um, Bob Melvin with the A's. I don't think the A's should fire him. If I were a contending team, hell, if I were the Red Sox, I would consider saying, what will it take to trade for Bob Melvin? Because Melvin's an outstanding manager. He just doesn't have an outstanding team right now. Um, uh, Bannister with the Rangers and Service with the Mariners, I think their jobs are safe going into next year. Uh, The National League East, hello. Hey, hello. Who knows what about Don Mattingly? You're going to have new management coming in there, and they're going to be slashing payroll. And usually when new management comes in, they want to bring in a new manager. That just tends to be the way it is. It's nothing against Don Mattingly. It just, that's usually what happens. Hey, we're new people in town here. These are the people we want in. So Mattingly might be gone. So I have, who do we have? I think the Red Sox should be considering a new manager. I think that the Tigers should fire their manager now. I think the Marlins will have a new manager because of new management. Bob Snedker of Atlanta, he's a company guy. They're a rebuilding team. Braves are a positive story. And, uh, you know, at Philadelphia, who knows? Who knows what the hell the Phillies are? I mean, they're a crap team. They knew they were rebuilding. Keep the guy along for one more year. There's nothing on there. Terry Collins of the Mets like Brad Osmus, should not be managing tomorrow. I, this is nothing personal against Terry Collins, you understand. He just has shown, I mean, the team is just waving the white flag and phoning it in. Uh, he's had, a, grand, he's had a, a year and a half of really good success in New York, and the rest of it has been total indifference, and a career of either indifference or... Uh, team rebellions around him. Okay? So, I mean, he's got to go. He has to go. Bye. He should go now. Oswald and Collins should be out of work right now. Okay, so we're up to what, five managerial jobs opening here. Now, Price of the Reds got an extension. I don't know why. I do not know why. Again, I don't blame him for the flopping around in Cincinnati, but like in Anaheim, 
they have one of the players who should be one of the marquee players in baseball in Joey Votto. And he's been the manager for 14, 15, 16, 7. That's four years. Four damn years. And he inherited a team that was in the playoffs three out of the previous four years, if you include the wild card game, which I do. And they've done piddly squat. And we've seen teams get better. The Brewers. The Diamondbacks. The Colorado Rockies. Hell, the Mets. You know, they were good. They got to the World Series. So you've seen teams turn it around. And not always with a team full of all-stars. You know, the team, I mean... The Rockies are probably going to be a wild card team this year. And you look at their lineup and no one's going to say, man, this is the best national team since the Big Red Machine. Hardly. Hardly. And you've had some years, especially 2014, where the wild card was very gettable. Is that grammatically correct? I don't know. My mother will tell me. But Price got an extension for next year. But that doesn't... I'm sorry, that probably is not going to mean squat. He will probably get fired at one point in 2018. But if that's the case, why not make the change now? So I would say six. Okay? And I'm going to say six. Clint Hurdles still with Pittsburgh. He's not going to go anywhere. Mike Matheny with the Cardinals. I'm sorry. I'm not impressed. Another one of the got the managerial job with no coaching experience. Um... Inherited the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, what Tony La Russa left over. You know, got him back to the League Championship Series a few times, back to the World Series. They're on the periphery of the playoffs this year, but sorry, I'm, I'm not impressed by what he's been doing as a manager, and not a lot of Cardinal fans I know are either. That's as many as seven managerial candidates. Uh, in the West, do you know what? I think everyone's safe. They're not going to get rid of Boach, they're not going to get rid of Dave Roberts. They're not going to get rid of, you know, that Arizona, San Diego, Colorado. Everyone's safe with their jobs. Okay. So at least five, I think as many as seven managerial openings are out there. Now, let me ask you a question. Because you hear rumors of some of the people's names who are floating out there. Why isn't... Dave Martinez, like the most coveted managerial prospect out there. Think about that. Everyone falls over themselves regarding Joe Madden. He led the Tampa Bay to the World Series, won a World Series with the Cubs, multiple, world, multiple playoff appearances with the Cubs. Looks like it will be three straight years bringing the Cubs into the postseason. That certainly looks like it's going to happen. Um, and you know, multiple seasons with Tampa Bay. And his main conciliary the whole time has been Dave Martinez. When you're trying to find really good managerial prospects, isn't the idea is you look at who are the best managers and try to get their lieutenants and try to pick them and sort of see see them turn into blossom? I mean, I mean the, the prospect of Joe Madden came about. He was Mike Sosha's lieutenant. And Mike Sosha was a disciple of, Tony, of Tommy Lasorda and goes back and back. So why isn't Dave Martinez? I mean, he seems like the ideal managerial candidate. Smart as hell. Coaching staff on tremendously successful teams. 
the right-hand man and the bench coach of, of arguably, if not our best manager, then one of our best managers? You know, why haven't, when you think about some of the former coaches under Bruce Bochy, won three world championships, wouldn't people be picking there? Why isn't Roberto Kelly, who was one of his coaches for a long, long for all those title teams, and Hensley Mullins on all those teams? Wouldn't that be, I, I, I don't understand. What about the brothers Cora, Joey and Alex? Joey Cora was, was at one point, looked like he was going to be the heir apparent in Chicago. Heavily, heavily looked over managerial candidate. For all these years, playing, you know, alongside some excellent teams in Chicago. Well, why isn't he being mentioned? Why, I mean, why would someone like Terry Collins get more jobs and someone like him not get a first? I don't. There was someone tell me a reason. Alex and Joey and screw it, Ozzy. Ozzy Gian. Oh, you're trying to tell me he had one bad year in Miami and suddenly he's no longer a, a, a viable manager? Guy goes from being, winning manager of the year while in Chicago, winning the first Chicago World Series title of any kind. Since 1917 with the White Sox in 2005 and doing so in a year where they remove his best player in Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas only played a handful of games that year. Wasn't, didn't play any of the postseason. And a cobbled together team. I mean, yes, Jose Contreras, John Garland, Mark Burley, uh, uh, Garcia, Jenks. I mean, some of these players are talented pitchers, but it wasn't like they were the 95 Braves. Mixing and matching the, the Scott Pudsednicks and the Joe Creedys of the world and winning a world championship out of it? Or he was starting Carl Everett? And then winning another division title a few years after that? It was signed with Miami with much ballyhoo? Had one bad year in Miami and suddenly he's not hireable? Why? And then there's other people. When you consider how the, the, the trend of bringing in managers, managers who, who hadn't had the coaching experience. And we're seeing that's really, that hasn't worked out. Walt Weiss didn't work out. Brad Ausmus hasn't worked out. Mike Matheny is a big pile of whatever. Dan Jennings, they tried him for about a minute and a half, and that was a catastrophe. So maybe we should take people who had good playing experience and long coaching experience and respected coaching experience on the benches with on with Hall of Fame level managers. Seriously. Jose Okendo, who a lot of people thought was going to become the Cardinal manager when Tony LaRusso resigned. Has he was the on the Cardinals teams under Whitey Herzog. He hit the big home run in the 1987 National League Championship Series that basically sunk the San Francisco Giants and then has been was on LaRusso's coaching staff forever. He was an institution in St. Louis. Forever on all those teams that went to the World Series, all those teams that went to the postseason, Jose Okendo was there. As respected a coach on any staff in baseball. And he's never gotten the call to be a manager. Why? His his record is sparkling. What reason? Would you have not to hire him? Or at least give him a shot? 
I mean, Terry Collins has failed in multiple places. I hate bringing that back there. But you've seen sometimes some names keep popping up. I'll bring him in. The Jim Riggleman's of the world would keep getting hired and despite having virtually no success anywhere. Sandy Alomar Jr. Why isn't Sandy Alomar Jr.? When you look at it, he was uh, the interim manager for the Cleveland Indians for about three or four games and before they brought in Francona. And when you have a chance to bring in someone like Francona, you bring in someone like Francona. But... You know, he's back on the Indians coaching staff. Many, many years on coaching, playing many years as an all-star level catcher. I mean, we see how, how many times being a catcher is so important as a manager because you gotta, you, know, you got to be a hitter. you got to deal with the pitching staff. you got to you know, kind of like be the, the, the quarterback of the defense is what the catcher is. So you're... Brain is in the game more so than anyone else. And he was one of the elite defensive catchers for over a decade, more than that. Postseason hero as a player in years and years on coaching staffs on the major league level. Someone explain to me how someone like Brad Ausmus, what is it about someone like Brad Ausmus or, or Matheny or Weiss who let them cut to the front of the line, and none of those managers did particularly well. And I want to hear, well, you know, Weiss didn't have a lot of talent in Colorado. Was there suddenly a huge upswing of talent when Bud Black, who was a coach, a very successful coach, was a successful manager when he came in, and he probably you know, might win manager of the year this year with Colorado, certainly we get, get consideration, and suddenly they're going to make the playoffs just one year after arriving after the Walt Weiss experiment when he was a high school coach. Yes, he was a major league player. He was coaching high school. And then said, why don't you go from high school to managing in the major leagues, passing over all the names I just said. So I'm just talking baseball here. I'm just talking putting someone on the managerial top step and say, hey, wouldn't this person be better at this job than some of the jabronis who are out there? Shouldn't they at least get a shot? I mean, the Tigers went from elite, every year pennant contender to we got to start shopping our stars in three years. And some of it was age. Some of it was just, you know... What happens when the world spins and gravity takes over? But also there was, you watch the Tigers, they're sloppy. They're not a well-put-together team, and they're not playing well. And they had some elite stars on their team. So, Auspice hasn't worked. Matheny has been a big pile of nothing. A big pile of nothing is Matheny. And, you know, Collins is a disaster. John Farrell is, I mean, again, it's hard to, to argue that he's not having success, but it's hard to argue that they're winning because of him. There can be a nice way to say, hey, John, why don't you just take a bow now? You've had health issues. 
You've, you've proven you can manage at the big league level. Why don't you sit here in the front office, cash a nice check, get some good health benefits, play with your grandkids. I assume he has grandkids. We want Dave Martinez to be the manager of the Boston Red Sox. How is that not improving the team? Said, yeah, all right, we can't get Joe Madden. We'll get his Tom Hagen. We'll get his conciliary. Why wouldn't that happen? What is it about Joey Cora, Alex Cora, Berto Kelly, Hensley Mullins, Ozzie Guillen, Jose Okendo, Sandy Alomar Jr., Dave Martinez? Because they all have impeccable qualifications. There's no way anyone could look me in the eye and say, that person's not ready to manage a major league team. Really? Years of coaching in the major league level? Career, you know, Berto Kelly, all-star as a player and on the coaching staff of multiple World Series winning teams? Really? Not, not worth even a shot? Not, real, not worth even a shot. That's interesting. So there must be something that is keeping them from consideration. And I can't figure out what it is. I don't know. You see, I'm just looking at things in terms of baseball. I want the best players on the field. And I want the best managers in the dugout. And when I see the best talent is on the field, that makes me happy. I want the same in the dugout. Now, I can't put my finger on it. If someone out there has a reason why they aren't, let me know. Because I'm really at a loss. I'm at an absolute loss. What is it about those people I just mentioned that are keeping them from these jobs? And if you know, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com or shoot me a tweet. I can't figure it out. There must be something about these people and why they can't get the managerial position. I'm at a total loss. There should be a feeding. I just mentioned seven teams. Seven. There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball. 30. Multiply 30. I mean, that's, that's nearly a quarter of the teams. Nearly a quarter of the teams can look directly at their managerial situation and say, we need to improve this crap. And you have the right-hand man of Joe Madden I, is not a manager. Now, of course, you would have to receive permission, but you know, teams let their coaches interview for, for managerial positions. Absolutely they do. There's not much more Dave Martinez can do as a bench coach. So why aren't those seven teams I mentioned... I'm going to just pick Martinez. I can talk all I want about Jose Okendo and Sandy Alomar or the brothers Cora or Ozzie Guillen or Mullins or Kelly or all the other lieutenants on Bruce Bochy. I'm just taking right there. The right-hand man to a manager we all think is going to the GD Hall of Fame. Why isn't there a seven-team feeding frenzy? For Dave Martinez. Forget, can we ask permission from? No, let's start the bidding for the contract. 
There must be some reason. And I can't figure out what it is. So let me know. Email me at info at sullybaseball.com. Send me a tweet at sullybaseball. I can't figure it out. So go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, Survive on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Trying to figure out a really complex mystery. This has been the Sully Baseball Podcast for the 16th day of September 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.